Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. It's our first podcast for 2020, so I'm really excited to get back into it. I've had a, a few weeks off over the Christmas and, and New Year break, uh, and we are going to be doing a review of 2019, the year that just has just passed. But before we get into the podcast, Glenn, just thought I'd check in and see how your kind of Christmas, New Year break went. Did you get up to much? Exciting. Uh, pretty chill, Nate. Happy New Year. Well, welcome back for uh, 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, fortunately in Melbourne, the weather was pretty good over that period, albeit with the offices of the bushfires, which we're still seeing the impact of that, which, is, which has been pretty bad. But um, notwithstanding that, the yeah, the weather was great. So it was good just to spend a bit of time at home and chill. How about yourself? Did you get up too much? Like yourself, yeah, a bit of time at home, relaxing around the house, had a bit of time in Sydney for a wedding. Um, yeah, but good good to get away for a few days, but um, back into the swing of things now, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's just a good opportunity to sort of recharge the batteries and then sometimes a bit of a struggle to sort of get back into the swing of things, but well and truly back into it now. I'm sort of, this is sort of the second week back, so looking forward to, to a good year. Sounds Sounds great. I mentioned at the start, uh, we'll do as we we've done the past couple of years. We, we, we've done a re- review of the year that has just passed, so we'll be reviewing 2019. Um, this will be a two-part episode. Uh, the first part we'll be talking about last year, 2019, and then in the second part we'll be looking at the year ahead, 2020. Uh, you know, with some things to look out for, maybe a, a couple of predictions for for the year ahead. So let's get right into it. So 2019. So uh, I guess on reflection, where we wanted to start was probably something that surprised many people in terms of the performance of share markets, you know, in, in Australia and, and globally. Um, the share market performance was very good, as I said, in, in Australia and globally. So um, there were several reasons for that, Glenn, and we'll kind of, as we go through the different kind of sec- sections of this podcast, we'll, we'll explain why, but. Glenn, maybe I'll throw over you to, to, to give me your thoughts on, on why the markets were so positive in 2019. Yeah, well, I suppose before we do that, it, it was interesting that the beginning of the year wasn't wasn't too great. So well, the, the back end of 18, though. Yeah, the back end of 18. I mean, the market from November through December, I think we were down almost 8%. Um, so it wasn't a, a great end to mm. 2018. Obviously, a bit of a challenge earlier in the year. but um, And I many suppose- people were very bearish yeah. about... 2019 because of that weren't they yeah absolutely because i mean the year was negative and I, I know we were having a brief chat before the podcast about what we spoke about last year uh, and one of the points we made was that obviously 2018 was it was a negative so the, close to 10 market. i think about eight percent the australian market was down in 2008 2018 yeah yeah that's right and and when you look throughout history as to what happens the year after a negative i think one of the points we made was that I don't think there'd ever been a period where there was two negative years in a row. Not since 1980-something, so many years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, so that... that so it's unlikely to see two negative years is the point that we made last yeah. year. I think you made that point actually quite quite well um, and it, it, it played out statistically well, to be that way that we didn't see two negative years. So we'll talk about the, the 19 figures. Yeah, so for, for 19, um, as far as how the market performed uh, the Australian share market was up 18.4% in 2019 um, and interestingly enough when you add in uh, dividend income it was almost 24% so that's, that's a right. very solid year that's an exceptional um, year isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely 23-24% is very strong in particular when as you were saying most people were bearish in the early mm. part of the year 
Um, but I suppose if you look at the performance of the market over that calendar year, it wasn't smooth sailing. There was a, there was a number of things that we'll talk about mm. um, that impacted the market throughout 2019. And what about globally, the global figures? We'll go, we'll, well go the US through. market was was probably the, the lead performer. That was up 28.6%. The Euro, the Euro stocks 50 was up 24.5. The, the Shanghai Composite up 22. And the Japan Nikkei was up almost 18%. So a lot of those major markets had you know, stellar standout years for 2019. Mm. And I suppose, as you were saying, the key point there is that no one was really predicting that at the early part of, of 2019. There was a lot of um, pessimism with the start of the year, obviously on the back of what was happening towards the back end of, of 2018. Um, but as, as we'll talk about, there are a number of things that really propelled the market throughout 2019. Sure. Okay, so a very good good year for the um, for the for the share market in, in 2019. So we'll talk about growth, like Australian and global growth, because this is kind of leads into why we've seen the, the positive share market performance in a way. So firstly, in, in Australia and globally, I mean, the theme is, is very similar where growth is slowing and, and Australian growth, growth apologies, has slowed to below 2%. Um, and you know, globally as well, we've, we've seen kind of markets, you know, somewhat, not, not, kind of not, not a recession or depression or anything like that, but we've seen slowing growth mainly, I'd say, on the back of the, the trade wars. I mean, that, that obviously has a big impact on the, the whole world, doesn't it? Yeah, well, the US um, for 19 had a growth of 2.1%. As you were saying, Australia was under 2 so it was at their 1.7% level. That, that was as of the December quarter, um, which is obviously below the, the RBA target. Um, and, and even China had growth of around 6%, which was the lowest level since 1992. Now, we have spoken about... Obviously, China's growing, or sorry, slowing growth rate, mm. um, and that I suppose percentage increases aren't probably the key thing to look at because you're looking at a at a larger economy. So you wouldn't mm. expect them to be growing at double digit rates as their economy gets bigger, but slowing growth around around the world. Um, but look, most people are saying the U.S. is in pretty good shape. I mean, there, as I said, annual growth rate of two point one percent, and you know, jobless rate at 3.5%. So yeah, slow growth, but still not too bad. But obviously that growth um, impacted markets to an extent that there wasn't a lot of optimism around because of the, the trade war and a few other geopolitical events throughout the year. So so the slowing growth and then that fed somewhat into unemployment um, figures creeping up a little bit. Um, and and, and in, uh, in particular in Australia, in inflation, you know, remaining remaining low, like below the, the target band of 2 to 3%. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of these kind of macroeconomic factors which have had, a, I guess, led into the interest rate story, mm-hmm. which is a big driver of, of the share market. Um, so, that, that's probably the one of the big things for me anyway in terms of 2019 is what interest rates did. And yeah, well, it, it was really a reversal of what happened in 2018, wasn't it? A, a big reversal and probably, to be honest, a, a big surprise. Um, yeah. We probably, you know, back, if you imagine or put ourselves back in 2018, let's say mid-2018, there is no way we would have thought that we would have had three cuts, you know, the Federal Reserve cutting mm. three times and the, the Reserve Bank of Australia cutting three times. Yeah. So that was a big kind of change in... In the, in the interest rate trajectory, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, throughout most of 2018, the theme uh, and the commentary was that rates would be on the way back up, which they, which they were. Uh, so you're right that what happened in 2019 was a surprise. Um, 
and look, the RBA cut rates three times, um, and now we're sitting at you know 0.75 percent. Um, and the and the U.S. Federal Reserve has also cut rates to their target range of between 1.5 and 1.75 percent. So, they were all things that if we were talking at the beginning of last year, I wouldn't have thought that we'd be predicting rate cuts. So that's probably what, in the end, surprised markets and and was probably one of the major reasons why the market had such a strong year. Yeah, the 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 Fed. I can't remember the the, the Fed pivot that, that we kind of call it now when they kind of went from. Increasing interest rates to the to the cuts. I think they. I think the first cut was either the back end of um, the back end of eighteen or early nineteen. I can't remember actually when it started, but um, that that definitely set the scene globally. And then yeah, in the Australian context, the the Reserve Bank of Australia started cutting um, after the election result around mid year, uh, and th- and they cut three times. So yeah, definitely we've we've you know said this many times on the podcast, but when when interest rates uh, are, are cut, you know. The, the return from bond yields and interest-bearing investments goes down. So money finds its way or, or, or kind of more money gets put into the share market because people are chasing yield from stocks. Yeah, well, stocks. it forces people to look at other mm. asset classes, doesn't it? I mean, we've um, obviously spoken about the strength in the in global share markets over that 12-month period, but also property markets within Australia have been impacted by low interest rates as well. Whereas you know, in 2018, I know we did a podcast at the back end of 2018 when the market was suffering a downturn um, but obviously the surprise was that post-election as you were saying the um, interest rates were cut so that also impacted property markets but really any growth asset class was um, pushed up because of the you know falling bond yields probably highlights as we've harped on numerous times on this podcast glenn timing markets is such a difficult thing to do and, and that's why we always we're so wary about making predictions you know on a particular market or you know going heavy into a particular asset class because it's so hard to know what's going to happen and this is a great example yeah because when we look at we're just talking about the 2019 year in review and some of the key themes and um and 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 things that happened throughout that year but if we go back 12 months a lot of these things that we're talking about i don't think we predicted any of them or most commentators wouldn't have been predicting interest rate cuts um Perhaps slowing growth was 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 a theme. I don't think anyone was talking about a you know a strengthening property market even within the, Australia. I, I don't think I, I saw any experts come out with the share markets you know doing between twenty and thirty percent. No, no that, that that would have been kind of outlandish. I would have thought so. Yeah. Most people were quite bearish or negative. So, um, so moving moving on, um, the other probably the the. Arguably, one of the biggest things in in Australia in 2019 was the election result, the surprise yeah. election result. So, um, the the coalition um, held on to government. You know, where, where most people were thinking a Labor government were going to get through. That's mm. what the all the polls were suggesting. So that was a pretty big thing, wasn't it, for us? Oh, definitely. Year. And that's Last where year. I think a lot of things were put on a hold from a business perspective, and also it was impacting the property market because there were some quite substantial um, election proposals from from the from the labor party that, that would have potentially impacted property like capital gains tax um and, and the like so i think a lot of people were just holding back um waiting for an election result which they thought was going to go labor's way um, and it looked that way even earlier in the year with, with the polls and so forth but obviously it went there, there was a massive surprise and as a result of that 
um, following obviously we've seen interest rate cuts, but also a lot more confidence in the property market as so well. Hold on, property for just one little second. But so with the election result, there was those those four policies that the won't go through them. We've done we've done it quite a few times throughout the year. But you know, as you mentioned, capital gains, um, uh, tax on family trusts, and um, return of a refund of imputation credits. There was numerous things that didn't that didn't play out. And I think I think the mar- I want to say the market investment markets investors. Um, you know whether it's shares, property, whatever it might be, we're, we're a lot more confident to see the maybe a stable government. Yeah, and, and I think mi- if, if we're still focusing on the share market, like what impacted the share market, I would say that early on, not a lot, but there, there were a number of investors who were selling out of shares because of the impact of imputation credits mm. and making decisions on the assumption that one label would get in and secondly that they would push through mm. that, that policy. So I think that didn't give investors a lot of confidence with the share market either and then after that i think what investors want is just a little bit of certainty and clarity so um, but there was a lot of uncertainty earlier in the year things that things it, it felt to me anyway like things were on hold until yeah. after the election result yeah and um yeah whether it's people holding off buying a property buying shares uh so that was definitely a big you know a big thing that happened throughout the year and glenn you've hinted a few times about the, the the property market and the property stabilization mm. um so in terms of australian property um the the uh, we've spoken about this it's a big it's a big asset class australian property and there's obviously different segments of the market but kind of just talking generally for a second the year started quite slow so mm. 2018 was, was a soft year for property 2019 started that way as well and then the election mid-year was somewhat of the turning point or it seemed that way anyway um, and then after the election, uh, you know, auction clearance, clearance rates started to go up and people started to, I don't know, get a bit more confident about the property market as you were mentioning a few things earlier. Well, there was a lot of doom and gloom at the back end of 18, early 19. I mean, a lot of areas within Melbourne and Sydney, which were the sort of the stellar performance for a long period of time, they were off like 15, 20, some areas 30%. So, that, mm. so there was, you know, a, a fairly significant impact on, on the property market and there was a lot of doomsdays predicting you know a, a crash in the property market um but what what we saw in the end was that towards the back end of 2019 probably driven by those low interest rates a, a bit of a relaxation in the bank lending practices as well because yep. that was something that was really holding back borrowers or, or buyers um and as we we're saying a, a bit more certainty around the taxation of investment properties Mm. Um, after the election so if you look at um, some of the data as to how the market performed um, across the board Australia experienced about a 2.3 percent on average increase um, which was led by you know Melbourne and Sydney which were both up about five percent and then other major cities were sort of up between uh, three and four percent the only markets that were down were Darwin which was down 9.7 and Perth which was down 6.8 percent so most of the capital cities were were up over that um, 2019 period so Melbourne and Sydney which were the kind of the big ones that got a lot of the attention that that had the parts of those cities anyway had had significant falls they definitely stabilized yeah you know around that kind of mid-year but then started to see you know, a couple of quarters of a strong growth and uh, definitely you know, given property investors a lot more confidence and yeah definitely agree glenn those those kind of three big themes you just mentioned lower interest rates um the 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 lending standards being relaxed somewhat and policy um policy certainty really policy certainty definitely spurred on the property market because and once again there was a lot of doom and gloom at the 
at the start of 2019 about property. Yeah. Many people weren't buying property, going to wait for it to fall, all these kind of things I was saying and, and, and arguably, you know, you might have missed the boat because there's been that, that recovery. Yeah, definitely. Or, or sold out mm. at a low point in the market, you know, th- mm. just, through th- just through pure fear. Mm. Um, so mo- moving on, um, we'll talk about kind of geopolitical events now and we've already mentioned the trade wars um and i i know in last year's podcast when we did this we we spoke about the the trade wars that it's probably not going to go away anytime soon and and definitely that that has played out you know it's been a it's kind of ebbed and flowed um heating up cooling down they're gonna have a truce and they're not and um I don't know, any comments about the, the, the trade war, Glenn? I mean, if you look at the geopolitical events and what impacted markets most, that was probably the one thing mm. that spooked investors, didn't give investors a, a lot of confidence. Um, and there were periods throughout the year where the, the US market in particular had some substantial downturns. Um, so I think as we've spoken about many times, I mean, if you look at the S&P, it fell by almost 7% in May and almost another 6% in August. Um, and obviously recovered pretty strongly throughout the year. But all of that trade war created was just uncertainty. There was this fear that it could really have a substantial impact on, on global growth. Mm. Um, so, you know, investors don't necessarily want to be hearing that. So it, it was just the to and froing, wasn't it? That it? It didn't give investors any confidence, any clarity. There was a deal, there wasn't a deal. There was continual changes. Um, and as we've said many times, investors just don't like that uncertainty. But in the end, um, as we've, you know, tried to communicate even through the issues with the with the, with the global trade uh, debates i suppose um you, you really just have to take that long-term view because anything can happen in the short term and we've seen as you were saying a bit of a truce you know the phase one deal um which has essentially been agreed so the impact hopefully isn't going to be as substantial as what a lot of people were predicting but would but would you say that it's had an impact on growth well it hasn't in in the, if you look at it from start to finish, but in the, in as far as um, we're talking about market growth or no, economic growth? No, growth of the economy. So well, arguably I, it's had an impact in I slowing think it has, growth. Yeah, well, I think, I think it yeah. has because when, the, when the US was applying tariffs on a number of um, Chinese products and vice versa, that does impact mm. um, trade flow, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so I think there was an impact throughout the year. It probably hasn't impacted markets that much from start to finish, but in, in the interim yeah. it, it did. Well, arguably, markets have been buoyed by it in, in a way because it's it's kind of. Well, I'm not saying that's the reason interest rates have fallen, but yeah, with interest rates coming down, markets have have kind of been spurred on, haven't they? Yeah, and it's I somewhat mean, there's there's a correlation are somewhere a bit there. Of a lagging indicator as well, aren't they? I mean, you don't really know the impact, or investors probably, uh, in some ways, still sitting on the sidelines, not not knowing what to do, um, until there is an agreement. And I think it's just going to be ongoing. I mean, we'll talk about what our predictions are and what some of the key events may be for 2020 in another episode but you don't really know until everyone's signed on the dotted line i think there's still going to be a lot left on the table from what i've read and heard that obviously there's not going to be a complete agreement with what's going to happen because there has to be some leverage for further negotiations um yes yeah, so, i mean that, that for, for me that was probably the key geopolitical event that had a you know impact on markets during 2019 what were some of the other geopolitical events that you think might be worth mentioning? Well, Brexit's an ongoing thing. I mean, I, I couldn't even say where that's at at the moment. Um, I think um, Boris Johnson, with his pretty emphatic victory at the back end of 2018, it's pretty clear, sorry, 2019, it's pretty clear that 
the support is to exit for the for the UK to exit the the EU. It's just a matter of how they're, they're going to be able to negotiate their way th- their way through that. But for what it's worth, I mean, I think markets are, from what I can see, are, would you agree they're largely ignoring what's happening with Brexit? It's almost just been this ongoing farce, hasn't it, for years that they've just not been able to get a deal across the line. So yeah. you just wonder whether the market's just ignoring what's happening until there is a fait complete. I just don't know how markets are going to react to it. I think the, the market is hoping for it just to be a like a, a soft, soft exit, yeah. a smooth exit. Yeah. Um, and if it is a smooth exit, the market will probably be okay with that. But yeah, it, unless y- it's y- a you'd, you'd think so. Hard exit, yeah. Um, so, so that were probably the two main things that happened throughout 2019. Any, anything else? Oh, and, and obviously, the, which which is still on, ongoing to some extent, um, which got a lot of news coverage, was the um, the protests in Hong Kong as to how that has impacted markets. Look, any, any geopolitical event that is destabilizing, I think, doesn't give investors a lot of confidence. And that was obviously quite substantial and lingered for most of 2019. So that that impacted invested, investor confidence. Um, I mean, the proportion that Hong Kong makes up of GDP of China is now quite low. So as to how that's going to impact Chinese growth, probably not that substantial, but I think it all comes down to just investor confidence. And Hong Kong is a fairly substantial financial hub. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out throughout this year. Um, the other the other thing we, we, we usually talk about in this, this podcast is the, uh, the, the dollar. So the, the Australian dollar uh, softened uh, against the US dollar a, a little bit, so um, kind of in the in the low seventies down to around you know sixty nine cents now. So um, not a, not a huge change. Uh, prob- probably you know, interest rates often drive the the direction of the dollar there, but interest rates are somewhat in sync. So uh, in terms of they both went down, um, US interest rates and Australian interest rates went down. So um, any other key takeouts from 2019 or things that we haven't spoken about yet look not particularly i mean we've gone through a a number of the major sort of indices we've spoken about growth rate the cash rates at 0.75 percent inflation is still pretty low Um, but i think encouragingly unemployment in australia is still only 5.2 percent so that's still within range and as we've said many times i think that's probably one of the key indicators to be looking at Mm. um, is, is unemployment people tend to focus on on growth interest rates and so forth but i think an indicator with regards to future interest rate cuts will really really be unemployment if that starts to pick up we might see further rate cuts mm. this year uh but i mean we talk about returns but bond bond returns were were positive um in 2019 australian bonds uh returned around the seven percent mark um and that's you know, as falling rates, um, falling rates increase the bond total return. So um, that was, I don't know, just another thing I thought I'd, I'd mention. Not much to say there, but any well, yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those one of those times in history where a lot of asset classes are all going up at the same time. It doesn't really happen that often where you have equity prices and bond prices going up in, in a positive direction. But obviously, we, we've seen that for the last couple of years. So as you were saying, if you've had bonds with with high yields, obviously they become um, more valuable in a, in a falling interest rate environment. Mm. Um, I think, Glenn, I've pretty much covered all all I wanted to cover. Is there any any other kind of things from 2019 you want to look at? Look, not not really, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on this at, in our next podcast, looking ahead to 2020. But I suppose what what I'd like to comment on or, or make the point with is that 
a lot of what we're talking about, we weren't talking about this time last year. So there are, there are always going to be things that will happen that no one predicts and you'll have doomsdays, you'll have optimists, but in the end, there might be some things you'll get right, but a lot of the things that we'll be talking about in 12 months' time, we'll have no idea um, may have happened throughout that year. Excellent. All right, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Um, so the first part of this podcast was on a review of 2019, which we've, we've just done. Uh, and, and in the next episode, which we'll look to release um, you know, within the next week, um, we're going to have a look at 2020, the year ahead, uh, and some things in store, and maybe a couple of predictions for the fun of it, not that we're kind of relying on them too much. So um, thanks again for listening to the first episode of, of 2020, and we look forward to having you for our next episode. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.